Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Mark, I wish we didn't have to talk about this topic today, but we really do. Yeah, the world has changed in regard to marijuana. You know, what was once done in secret, in the dark, uh, you know, in the back alleys, the, the thing that was the evil of all time is now on the forefront. Okay, and my question is, what do these states have in common? Okay. Alaska, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, Washington, uh, and Washington, D.C. I know the answer. They have legalized recreational use of marijuana, which means this. And I just recently spoke up in a, up in a town in Oregon, the, in the Napa Valley, of, of cannabis. I mean, it is amazing the fields that you that you pass going down the highway, and it looks like cornrows or cotton or what I'm used to, uh, you know, beans or, or soy. I mean, it's it's cannabis. It's marijuana. This has to be confusing for teenagers. Well, it is. And what this group does up in Oregon, they hire kids to come pick bud, the what you grab off of the plant, and they pay them cash. But it's it's now okay. And, and, I, and I think my point is, I mean, even 28 states have legalized medical marijuana, is that it's becoming more and more a part of our society, just like alcohol has become. You know, you drive down the streets. I mean, we're here in Chicago. I drove from the airport here. And the number of liquor stores is amazing. It's just become, this yeah. is a, just a part sure. of, of life. What's happening is this is becoming a part of our kids' lives as well. But it's a little bit different. And the difference is, is because kids are attracted to it more so than the use of alcohol. And there's something about it that they justify the use of it in such a way that it's hard to argue with them. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, about how do you have that conversation? The marijuana is here, it's not going away, and the availability is becoming more and more accessible and permissible. Mark, what do statistics tell us about the use of pot with teens? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good because it's not just limited to public high schools. It's Christian high schools and Catholic high schools and, and, and charter schools. It shows that one in four high school seniors use drug once a month. One in five use weekly and one in 10 use daily. That's, Say that again now. Okay. One in four high school seniors use drugs once a month. One in five use it weekly, and one in ten use it daily. Wow. Okay, now that's that's drug use. The popularity of pot, and it, you know, I, I think that that pot can be a gateway drug for many. That doesn't have to be, but but drugs are are no respect of religious and non-religious, public, private schools. It's it's a little bit of everywhere, and because it's easier to get, it is almost a perfect storm that's happening with our kids. It's, it's available, easier to get, and at the same time, this culture that we've talked about on so many of our programs is creating an amazing amount of depression and anxiety. Well, marijuana has an amazing way of calming those two things down. So what's happening is a lot of kids are self-medicating. And I've got to be honest here. When I was in college my first year, I smoked a lot of pot, and it was just something that we did. I'm not proud of it, 
but it wasn't because we were escaping something or did. It was just kind of a crazy year, that first year of college yeah. where everybody does stupid what everybody things. Was, what everybody did. That's right. And it was just one of those things. And But my point is, it wasn't like what kids are doing now. Because now there's a dependency where they need it to function in their world. The number one comment that I hear from kids all the time is, when I smoke pot, I feel normal. And that's interesting. We never did that to feel normal. I mean, it was just... It was just stupid things that we're doing. And I'm not giving anybody license. This is why I'm so strong about the use of pot. Uh, the, it, it's because of my past in this thing. This is why I'm so strong and, and adamant that kids not be allowed to smoke it at all. I am against it 100%. But it's, it's, there's a lot of stigma that, that, that comes along with this now. And, and, and it's interesting to, to watch how, how kids are just moving toward it more and more and more. They get consumed with and it. And doing so younger and younger. Well, it, it is. It's amazing to me when I ask heart-like kids, okay, when did your problems start and how did you resolve those? Most of the problems started in the middle school years. And one of the first things that they do, you would think that it'd be alcohol or something. They start smoking pot. And it's a, so it's available. I'm talking about middle school kids. It's still shocking to me. I'm it, sorry. It I is. Just, yeah. It is. But I mean, you've heard it on every one of our comments. If I ask the question, when did it start? Mm-hmm. Everybody will say it was yeah. like sixth and seventh grade. And you go, okay, mom, dad, don't be so naive to believe like we all do that this can't be happening because it is happening. Your kids, if you don't give them the opportunity for relief and rest at home, they will find it somewhere. And if you've listened to our program long enough, you've heard me say that over and over again, and they will find it in pot. If your expectations are so great and so big, they will find relief from it somewhere if you don't provide relief for them. Teens aren't likely to admit they're using pot. Not unless you have a relationship with them and they don't get in trouble for admitting it to you. But what happens with a lot of these kids and where it becomes very damaging to relationships is they start lying or become deceitful. And those are two relationship destroyers is what I call them. And that's why you begin to see kids who are smoking pot. They become deceitful. They lie. They keep it from their parents. And eventually it destroys the relationship, just as it would in between a relationship with anybody else who's lying and deceitful and cheating and dishonest. It's, it's, a, it's a part of drug use that because it's so hidden, and lying is one of the ways to protect oneself and avoid that detection. And so even though a teen won't admit to using, there's still physical and relational signs that you begin to see. Are these easy to spot? You know, I, I think they are. I can tell when kids have been smoking pot because they're kind of kind of backed up a little bit. They're slower in their responses, especially if they smoke pot over a period of time. They they are are, are losing motivation. Now, we're talking about kids. I mean, so there may be people out there and somebody says, well, I know adults that smoke pot and they're doing fine. You know what? I don't care. I'm not. Ta- we're not talking about parenting today's adults. We're talking about parenting today's teens. When I see kids that are smoking it, they lose their motivation. They don't care about some things. They're content with with whatever they need to do that day, and their life becomes consumed with the next joint they get to smoke. I mean, it's because they become dependent on it. It's just something that they enjoy. It relaxes them, and it makes them feel like they can now function within a culture that's that's causing all this stress. Where do kids get the money to buy pot? 
oh, it's given to them at times. Or, at even, you know, oddly, sometimes it's, it's sex for drugs is what girls will do. It's somebody will give them something. And that's why so many kids begin to sell it. They sell it so they can get money to pay for their own pot. And so they'll sell it to somebody else. And so it's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Hmm. You know, the next person sells, the next person sells, the next person sells. And so, you know, you, you have to look and ask the question, what's the reason that these kids are using? And sometimes it's to fit in and be accepted. You'll find that a lot of kids that are smoking pot are depressed or anxious. And when you're those two things, you sometimes want to be in the company of other people that are depressed and anxious. If you are unmotivated, then you don't feel guilty being around other people that are unmotivated. And so there's a sense of belonging that begins to happen. The other reason is that they want to dull the pain that they feel in their life. And and this is a very true thing. And I, I, I do give accolades to some people who are doing something about the pain they feel in their life. They're self-medicating. And what that indicates to me is they want something different and they're not finding it in their life. So they've gone to pot. The other thing is that they just want to feel better about themselves. And a lot of these kids, it's amazing to me, those kids that are attention deficit disorder have a propensity to want to calm down and be normal like everybody else where they can think straight. And drugs have an amazing way, whether legal or illegal, have an amazing way of slowing that down. Now, that doesn't justify it, but there's a propensity of those kids to say, I want to be something different. I want to be normal. Or they might just be depressed. And when anybody's depressed, if anybody's felt a sense of depression, you will do anything to get out of it because it's this overwhelming feeling of hopelessness that you want something to be different. And my point of it is, is that is that you've got to be careful and make sure that you're understanding the reasoning behind it because you can stop the pot smoking, but you haven't resolved the issue. It is covering up something. It's creating something. It's doing something for that child. And now that they're in it, they're not thinking very well. So you've got to help them in the process. So be quick. You know, when you suspect your child is doing drugs, act fast, be strong, jump in, say, let's get to the bottom of this. We can't allow this anymore. When you're older, you can make your own choices in life. But as long as you're here, you're not going to be able to do these things. And you must rise above your anger. I mean, you're going to get mad when you hear that your kid's doing certain things. Rise above it. Remember that the enemy is not your child, and you've got to get some outside help if your child doesn't respond to you. I've written over 20 books, and by far one of the best and most helpful for parents is, is that book titled Raising Teens in a Contrary Culture. It's a book that is so full of practical helps and applicable truths and easy-to-adapt directives, all designed to help you and your family. In this book, you'll learn about deeper skills of listening to the heart of your teen, about transitioning from a teaching model to a training model of parenting, deepening a deeper and genuine relationship with your teen. Dealing with the hard stuff of parenting, the stuff that no one ever taught you about. And you'll learn about strategies of remaining connected with your teen at the time that they need you the most. I think you'll love this book and really believe it's one that I would recommend for most parents of teens and preteens. 
And we also have this title in a video curriculum series that includes lessons that I guarantee will stimulate discussion among your small group. It even has a workbook for each participant. So to order this book or the small group curriculum series titled the same, Raising Teens in a Contrary Culture, please visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. That's ParentingTodaysTeens.org. Parents often ask as well, what if I smoked pot as a teen, and what do I tell my kids about that? Yeah, well, you know, yeah I just shared it with you. Now everybody knows <laughs> that, that, that I did. But I, I do it to underscore why I'm so adamantly opposed to teens smoking it. I mean, in the same way with the family, if you have a, a father or mother that, that says, I did, it, it doesn't give permission for your child. It undergirds your position that you can say, you know, this isn't what I want for you. And there's, here's the reason why I don't want it for you. And I'll go back with this too. This is the time to share some wisdom with your child about the use of marijuana in their life. Wisdom is gathered through observation, reflection, and experience. That's how you gather all of your wisdom what you've observed, what you've thought about, and what you've experienced. So use those things to share the wisdom in retrospect, to kind of an armchair quarterback where you can say, this is what I would have done different. You know, and, and you look back and say, I'm going to share not more information because you can quote all the reasons why you know, uh, marijuana is, is better than alcohol and, and there's not as many. Okay, if you do that argument, you're going to lose with your child who wants to smoke pot. But if you share the wisdom and say, you know, this is what I've seen with teens that have smoked pot continually, they lose their motivation, they don't end up in a place where they want to go, and they end up in a place where they really didn't ever plan. And so this is why I can't allow it. I don't want you doing anything that's keeping you from being healthy. And if there's a problem, I want to deal with it. If there's an issue, I want to deal with that. But I can't allow you to escape to another place. If we need to change our home, if we need to change the way we interact... Let's work on that stuff, but I can't let this happen anymore. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.